put a timer. My husband knows over here. It's always a good idea. I'm putting myself on a timer because I really, I really, really like to talk about Jesus and I can get on a roll and just get carried away. So if you hear this thing ring, we are wrapping it up. Okay. I want to recognize what a, a amazing day it is here. We've got people graduating and celebrating graduation and we have mothers. So I brought this morning just to um, share a little bit of, you know, you guys don't all know me that well. Some of you know me pretty well. Some of you do. Something that I received for Mother's Day many years ago from my middle child who will be coming home tomorrow um, from his first year away at college. of the church, it is Ascension Sunday. Now, actually, the Ascension is supposed to be and was traditionally celebrated on Thursday. Thursday was Holy Thursday. If you missed it, well, we're celebrating it today. Forty days after Easter, and today we celebrate the Ascension. So I'm going to read uh, from two sections in the scriptures were written uh, by a guy named Luke. We're going to read from Luke, and then we're going to read from Acts. Luke wrote both. So at the very, very end of Luke, this little tiny section right at the end, it says, when he, Jesus, had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them, and while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. And then in Acts, first chapter, Luke writes, this is entitled, um, Jesus Taken Up Into Heaven.
many days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, he was, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. teacher uh, he was killed raised from the dead now he's with you hanging out and suddenly he lifts up into the sky I mean who would not be standing there like this and the scriptures tell us that these men in white about this idea of ascension, a lot of people just want to say, really? Do you really believe that? That sounds weird. They want to uh, put it off as a metaphor for something, and we say, you know what? I believe it. As weird as it is, I believe it. And the history of the church, there are creeds that go along with this belief, and you might... Uh, you might recognize the line which says he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And that's essentially what this sums up. We believe this. So today I want to just talk about the significance of the ascension and why this is important to our beliefs. And in my preparation for today, I found out that there are places in the world that much like we have a day off when there's a big uh, like Easter, Christmas, if Christmas falls on a Thursday, you're not going to work. In some parts of the world still today, Ascension Day, Holy Thursday, 
is a day off because people recognize this day matters. The fact that our God came to earth as a guy, lived with people, ministered, was killed, resurrected, walked around for 40 days and ascended to heaven and is now seated at the right hand of the Father is a big deal. Because what it means, and I'll tell you what, it took me a long minute. Matt talked about being in this prayer group with old women. So that was what, eight years ago? I'm 49. I didn't come to recognize the truth of what this scripture is talking about until I was 38 years old. And what, what I recognized at that point was Jesus is alive. Okay? Full body, alive. Now, Matt, I know, are you preaching next week? All right, well, whoever's preaching next week is going to be preaching on Pentecost, okay? We'll be talking about how God interacts with us through the Holy Spirit. Jesus is alive, okay? So that means that Jesus has a mouth, right? And he's still communicating with his together. If you're believing with me, I'm in some good company. There's a neuroscience hospital not too far from here. <laughs> okay? It's not, it's kind of funny. It's not funny. Uh, it's true. So, I want to read a psalm. And you got to bear with me because I'm a little out of practice here. I'm a little rusty. And I get really excited about this stuff because I think it's really cool. Psalm, actually, you know what? I wrote down the message version in my notes because I thought that this really spoke well to, to where we're going. The Psalm 47 in the message version. I wish, uh, Jason, you would put this to music someday because I think it would be really cool to sing together. Psalm 47 which was written way before the ascension, captures a response that I think is very appropriate to this truth that God is ascended and exalted, that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. That's pretty good. That's a good response, too. The psalmist says, Applause, everyone. Bravo, bravissimo. God most high is stunning. Astride land and ocean, he crushes hostile people, puts nations at our feet. He sets us at the head of the line, prize-winning Jacob his favor. Loud cheers as God climbs the mountain. This is appropriate for UNC. A ram's horn blasts at the summit. Sing songs to God, sing out. Sing to our God, our King, sing praise. His Lord, he's Lord over earth, so sing best songs to God. God is Lord of godless nations, sovereign. He's King of the mountain. Princes from all over are gathered. People of Abraham's God, the powers of earth are God's. He soars over all. 
I gotta say that we really see this kind of applause and stuff in our culture more at like sporting events and stuff like that. And even church is kind of tame. This is something to get very excited about. And I think we've got some distance uh, to go to progress forward into really embracing what this means. I have come to understand in my life, and I think that it is relevant for anyone who believes in this truth, because of this truth, we should be able to walk as the most free people on the face of the earth. You do not have to worry about a whole lot of stuff, and you are free to interact and engage with all different sorts of people because of this truth. You can hang out with folks who don't believe it. You can hang out with folks who need to believe it through your life. We are free to wander around on earth because this is true. We are secure in this truth. So let's get out there and interact with the world who needs to know this truth. Not too long ago, there was a theologian who came to visit UNC's campus in one of the buildings over here. His name is N.T. Wright. And I remember that day seeing Matt on the other side of the rotunda. I was like, oh, the coolest people are in this place. And N.T. Wright is here and is awesome. This is what N.T. Wright says about where the ascension puts us. He says, to embrace ascension is to heave a sigh of relief. To give up on the struggle to be God and with the inevitable despair at our constant failure and to enjoy our status as creatures, image-bearing creatures, but creatures nonetheless. How many times do you try to do stuff in your own strength and succeed and be awesome because you're really capable? Has anybody ever done that? Because I know that I have. The fact that the ascension is real frees us from trying to be God. You don't have to be God in someone else's life. You're free of that. You're a a fallen creature who has failings and weaknesses. And I'll tell you what, when we realize that that is true, there's no better place to be. The ascension puts us uh, in a response of applause and clapping, but it also puts us, I believe, or it ought to, in a low place. Where it, it, it puts us in right standing before God and that we recognize I am not God. Thank God that I am not God because I would not do a very good job of it. God is God and I can get low before him and worship him. And be empowered by him to do awesome things in life. Okay? Now I mentioned the fact that um, Jesus is, is ascended and has a mouth. And that you might think that you hear from him from time to time. So very early on in my adult life of faith, when I've started to become uh, aware of the fact that there really was something to following Jesus and that he was alive and having some expectations in life for, for people, I began to sense a voice telling me to get low, like physically with my body, like get on your knees, get on your face, okay? At that point, I was in a church, 
I didn't see a lot of people getting too low, okay? There was maybe some clapping going on, but to get in a posture of low from my upbringing, which was uh, in the Catholic Church, the only people that I ever saw getting like real low was priests at ordination. Catholic priests get flat, they prostrate themselves before the altar, and I was feeling a call to get down like that. And I was like, I am going crazy. Right? Like, I'm going to go check myself in. I'm hearing voices. I'm going crazy. No one's getting low. Okay? So I, not too long after that, I was um, invited to go on a, um, I don't even know what you call it, a trip to Raleigh to, to what was then called the RBC Center. It's called something else now. This big arena at NC State. And this woman who was a Bible teacher who I'd never heard of in my whole life, who apparently has this huge following, these women were going to this thing, so I went, and there's like thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people. I'd never in my life been to something like that. And they had worship band, and then she gets up there, and one of the very first things that she said to like 60,000 people, she said, ladies, take your place on your face and I was like you gotta be kidding me there it is again there it is again okay so that really kind of set me on a trajectory to begin to look at my life and realize you know what I'm not the humblest person on the face of the earth I need to like practice getting low and I begin to pray and adjust my body and get low and God reworked my life and brought me to a place like today. Now, I tell you all of this because I'm, I'm going to remind you that you ought to do the same thing. If you haven't already, it's really good to get low in your life. And I'm not going to tell you to do something that I am not trying to do myself. six years or so from folks that I in my old life would not have had a whole lot of contact with. I have been undone in my life by uh, people who have taught me so much about it, what it means to really be a humble person and what it means to really need and follow and be empowered by Jesus. And one of the things that I began to realize was that I needed to be taught a bit by the culture around me and interact with people in a new way. So some of these folks that I recognized that I needed to learn from were my own children and their uh, set of peers, their friends, their acquaintances, their classmates, and all this kind of stuff. Now, for anyone who's getting close to 50 years old, um, rap music for us is kind of like there's a big old generation gap like I don't get it I don't understand what's going on with this whole thing and one of the things that I realized that I needed to do was to put my place put myself in a place of listening and beginning to listen to where uh, perhaps these kids were coming from and I have begun to 
rapper who has uh, the label on the outside of his uh, music, explicit language, right? A lot of people will be like, don't listen to that. Like, it's going to do something to you. So I, my daughter would laugh. She's like, I can't believe, like, I come in a room and my mom is listening to Mac Miller. Like, what on earth? You're like a mom. And like, what are you doing? But what I was trying to do was to understand where these kids were coming from. So I had to put myself in a place to listen to him. So lo and behold, I start listening to Mac Miller. And if you don't know anything about him, um, you could probably imagine some things about his life. And he, he had a huge success, very popular person. something uh, in the last year or so. I started reading uh, articles about his life because I noticed that there was beginning to there was beginning to be a change in his lyrics and the things that he was saying. So this guy who had all these like farty lyrics comes out with a new CD in October and it's called Good Morning. So I began to listen to it, and what I began to see with, like, my theological, spiritual eyes was this guy is having some kind of spiritual awakening. And it, and it, it humbled me to remember that how often we can put people in categories and say, God might be for me, but he's certainly not going to go anywhere near a guy like that. very deeply for everyone. And as I've listened over the last several months, and I'm telling you, if you want to go ahead and listen to it, you're going to go and go, gee, like some of this stuff is really like, uh, I don't want my kids listening to this. But if you can get underneath some of the tough exterior, there is a very gentle soul and there's something stirring within this guy's life. Now, this is the kind of guy that gets a lot of likes when he tweets. There are kids following him. So I've begun to pray that, that I don't know what's going on in his life, but I've begun to pray that Jesus would really show himself to Mac. Because I've really begun to care about this guy. He's 23 years old. He has an incredible influence on our children. He's got a song out right now that's entitled Ascension. And when I first listened to it, I sent my son a text message. I'm like, man, that song Ascension is like, man. And he's like, yeah. (laughs) He's like, yeah. And I have found that I've been able to connect with my boy in this music. Colin couldn't be here today. He's coming home tomorrow. But I told him that I was going to talk about Mac Miller when I talked today. And he said, Mama, I want you 
send it to him. And he said, and I think that he will listen to you. And I think he will take it personally. And I don't know if that, that is the case. But I find his lyrics beautiful. Because out of his very broken, honest, explicit. If you look up explicit, it kind of is like, it's plain sight. Like, it's raw. He's not hiding anything. He's just being himself, okay? And a lot of people won't like his language. But if you can get through that, you will see honesty and brokenness and struggle. He apparently, I think I read a, a, um, a story or a, an article from like Rolling Stone magazine that talked about Mac has moved to Brooklyn after spending some time in LA and it sounds like he had come to have a, a ridiculous drug problem and he's gotten help <clears throat> and he's doing a lot better in his life and I follow him on Twitter and he's in Europe now and I follow his tweets and he's in Paris and he's in Dublin and I'm like yay I'm cheering for him over here So in his uh, Ascension song, now is he talking about the Ascension of Jesus Christ? I have no idea. But I have a, a very strong sense that Jesus Christ is interacting with Mac Miller. I don't know yet if Mac Miller realizes he is interacting with Jesus Christ, but if he doesn't today, I pray that he does, like, really soon. <clears throat> So in the, uh, there's this thing in, in rap music, I guess, you know, like I know something about it. I'm like, I'm almost 50 years old. Called The Hook. The Hook. Okay. In The Hook, he says, uh, there's two. I wish I could rap. He says, Ascension, a brand new me. Yeah, yeah. Why you want to do me like that, misconception? Between heaven and hell. What's between heaven and hell? Oh, it's a brand new me. Continues on. The guy in the background saying, challenge. Are you up for that challenge? A brand new me. Yeah, everybody got to have balance. Why you want to do me like that, misconception? Between heaven and hell salvation and the underworld why I want to keep that beep waiting fascinating a brand new me oh it's a brand new me and that's fascinating and then he goes on to this plea that I want to share with all of you because I think that this is what the church needs to grab onto if we are people and we say that we are people who believe in Jesus crucified dead, resurrected, ascended, and now empowered by the Holy Spirit to interact with the world around us. This plea is to be patient. He says, I ain't a doctor, could be a little patient. Everything will be okay then, be a little patient. One world, one nation, done waiting. 
at the end, every time I listen to it, I hear this plea for patience. And I believe that there are people all over our nation and our world that are, are struggling through life. And they're in the balance between heaven and hell, between the, re the reality of life on earth and something better. And they're saying, please be patient with me. Please help me. And that is the cry to the church to walk with them in humility and in grace. And that's what I want to leave you with today. Being all like mom up here. <laughs> Our children are desperately waiting for us. explanation of the prodigal son story and I've read it several times and he's taught me so much about our call yes to become um, more like Christ but ultimately to become more like the father whether you're a mother today whether you're a father whether you're not you know whatever I believe that we are all called to become more like the father Jesus sits at his right hand. That is a place of power. This is a power place. And if we are in ministry with him, we are powerful people. But the power looks different than it typically would when we think of power. It's humility. It's sitting with someone. It's listening. It's being